0: that we love to chat we love to help and that's a fact so we have made it our mission to find stuff out from diagnosis and education streaming out of your frustration chat to folks who feel there too collect it together and share it with you if you do know someone we should speak to send them our way and that's what we'll do we like to have our sensory netter you know what
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Sensory Matters. You're joined today by me, Jenny, and we've got the usual Lorraine and Joel from the two Crew. And we're uh, also joined by Larnell over in the States and Onikagi. Have I said that right?
0: Yes, you have. <laughs>
1: hey, I think I'll just call you Oni.
0: No worries.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> But I love the name as well. Um, so welcome, everybody. Oh, thanks. Hello, thanks for honey. having us,
2: Jenny, as well as Joel and Lorraine. <laughs>
1: You're very welcome. Now, we're, we're keen to chat to you guys because you have a very interesting podcast show that you do yourselves. So who's going to start me off and explain a bit about it? I'll well, uh, we'll um, start with
2: one out. Yeah, I'll, I'll start off. Um, Anyway, Jenny, Um, basically our podcast slash YouTube series is called The Autistic Delicatestant. So it's like a food and drink show to where we talk to different people within the food industry as well as outside about all things food and their stories like whether it's like a business that they have or whether it's like a humanitarian organization or activism or something within music and arts like and we try to be very eclectic as well as um you know be very conversational in terms of doing it in the realm of food
1: yeah so how does a, a guy from the usa and a girl from scotland come together and create such a show how did this happen
2: well, initially it just happened to where me and Oni met on um, an autism Facebook group and she had a post of, because she does another podcast called Autish about having guests. And at the time I was in, trying to think about doing an autism project and I was thinking, oh, I need, a, I need a co-host or I need to be a part of a project. So I thought like, oh, like, um, let me ask um Oni right here. Oh, it seems interesting um, if I could be her co-host. So I was just going off of that. And at the time, she was like, nah, I'm not really looking for a co-host. And then we start talking, and then um, I said, oh, um, I do a show, you know, another show that I did and all that stuff at the time called the um, Inocula- Inoculative Expressions, which is original music and um, poetry and all that stuff. So um said that, and then it's like, oh, interesting. And then I was autistic, too. So, you know, basically from that, you know, via Facebook message, then we came together on skype, had like a pre interview for her show, you know, once she had me on, mm-hmm. and then you know from there, like you know, I was a guest on her podcast, and then, um, to make the long story short um then after that, like I liked working with her, I liked talking with her, so um, I just had this idea of like, oh like let me do oh let's do a food thing because she also does um a tea blog called Land of Infusion, so I wasn't sure if she wanted to do it so I had the idea initially called the autistic delicatessen because I remember from my speech pathologist in the past, like I will always say delicatessen because I just like the word of it. I don't know if I got it from a Seinfeld episode or something, but I would use that. And then I thought, okay, let me put autistic there. So I just sent the idea to him only via Facebook message as well as the music from a producer that I know of named Sauce had the music already right there and the idea. And then she immediately said, Oh, that's awesome. Let's do this. And then basically the rest is history.
1: Wow. Okay. That's amazing. So how long have you been doing it?
2: Um since um since October of twenty nineteen. And would you say that, Oni?
0: Yeah, around that time, yeah. Um definitely the second half of the year. Um and we've uh, we've had a little bit of a break this year because we've been doing it like non-stop, like an episode a month. And only this year we started doing a video series uh, to expand mediums for the, del- the Autistic Delicatessen. And some ways of promoting some people is better using video. Um, it visualises it more. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Yeah, the del- uh, autistic-, autistic Delicatessen will be resuming... This this autumn, um, with more content, so I'm looking forward to doing more of that again.
1: Yeah. So, so what what was it that made the kind of food angle so appealing?
0: Um, I think it's because uh, it's not, it's um, even we both love food, and it's also a unique idea of looking into it in a two autistics just talking about food, even though the even though it has autistic in the title, it's not the main focus, but. We, if we do want to talk about autistic stuff, we can. Um, the main idea of the Autistic Delicatessen is every food tells a story, which is our tagline. And we, every food blogger, business um, restaurant, they all have their own communities and there's different communities out there. And we want to just to show these communities and how food brings people together and just to show different stories and also promote they have these bloggers or business people out there as well so it's Mm -hmm. something for everyone and great entertainment to listen to because some people who work with food whether they're musicians or bloggers or that they have really interesting stories
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so Lorraine I know that you've listened to a fair few of them what what have you picked up from the work that they've done so far
3: the main thing that I liked is that it's not all about autistic advocacy it's something different. It's nice to see autistic people going off and doing something that they enjoy rather than just constantly framing everything around autism. And, I mean, who doesn't love food? So <laughs> you combine everything there, it's a win-win. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And and was that kind of part of the intention when you set up this, is, is that the, the autism side is secondary to the interest in food? Yeah,
2: yeah. initially with the um idea, even working with Voni, like... It was more about taking, like, basically the idea of being autistic out of the comfort zone of just basically only feeling that autistics can only talk to only other autistic people, but more of, like, we can get into other things and all that stuff, you know, because even with our shows about food and all that stuff, you know, we have stuff on escapism as well as we talk about sometimes important issues, you know, with the people create the food and do stuff, you know, cause if you see some of our YouTube shows, like it's a whole mixture of stuff, you know, we try to hit different cultures, including like black culture too, as well, you know, to where like, mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't really get shown as much. And even for people to autistic people being on the spectrum, it's something nice to be able to step outside and be able to do something like that, or even go into other things on food, like in terms of like food and activism being equated together to where most people would not even think about that.
1: Yeah, it's not something I would connect. So how does that work?
2: Well, um, for that, it's basically finding interesting people to actually do the work, you know, because our fifth show, we had a guest named Keith McHenry who does Food Not Bombs, and basically they um, give out free vegan and vegetarian food to the homeless, as well as, like, um, they share it at, like, protest rallies and um, different things on a political level to where, like, um, and conscious level, but then still service stuff to show that like food brings community as well as like food is a way of an opposition, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. So in terms of the kind of people that you've had on and you said, you know, every, every food has a story. What's, what's the kind of story that you guys have heard that has stuck in your mind as really impactful?
0: Um, the one that sticks out to me the most is a, a guest called The Sauce Boss. And he's a musician, um, but he also makes gumbo. He makes gumbo on stage, uh, giving him a huge pot. And then in the end of the concert, gives it away to the audience. And I just think that I love the marriage of music and food together. I love, I just love fusions and things in general. And when it's food and music, it's like, <laughs> hey, free meal, this is great, you know?
3: <laughs> that was the first YouTube video that I watched, actually. I thought that was really cool.
1: <laughs> so does he actually cook it while he's playing an instrument, or what? what how does it work?
2: He's yeah, well, well, basically, like, and what he would do is, um, what the sauce boss would do is, like, he would bring people up on stage to help stir the gumbo, and also <laughs> he has his own hot sauces, too, as well, that he sells along with his music. So he's like a blues guy, and he mixes in different styles of music, and he would tour around the country to give out free gumbo. And honestly, the gumbo's pretty good. Like, I was telling Only in the past, like, if he ever comes to Scotland, like, definitely check him out, you know, if you like some gumbo or anything like that. So, um, and, yeah, and, and, and to have audience participation and have creativity with food and all that stuff. It's almost like when you watch his shows, it's like watching a food demonstration. But, yeah, it's just with music.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can totally. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm tempted to go. Although I have to confess, I have no idea what gumbo is.
2: Well, gumbo is basically like a type of dish that originally came came from like New Orleans, Louisiana, in the U.S. You know, because in Louisiana, and particularly in New Orleans, they always talk about fusion. It's like fusion culture and all stuff from the French into like you know um black culture and all that stuff, always like having things with jambalaya and all that stuff and then mixing in like, you know, the different types of foods with gumbo and all that stuff. I think like the sauce boss was even talking to us about the okra that originally came from Africa. So like um definitely like um I would say like for anybody, like check out that um podcast episode on our um you know on our um the um dot dot co part where we have the podcast link right there. But it was very interesting to know about the different parts and this guy is from, and this guy resides in Florida and all that stuff. So mm. it was interesting.
1: Okay. And, and is the story for you, Lan, all the same? Is that the one that stands out? Or have you got a different one that stands out for you?
2: Um, Hmm. It, it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, cause, cause, cause that one, that one was, w- w- was, was good and interesting. As well as, um, you know, we had Dylan on the show who does like um, some hip hop as well as make a panini and all that stuff, you know. And I think the one, too, was more of like even like um, what I mentioned about Keith McHenry, about doing the vegan and vegetarian foods because I'm not a a vegan or vegetarian and all that stuff, you know. You know, so that was interesting, you know, to have food out there at protest rallies and all that stuff, you know. And also on our podcast, we talked to somebody named Michelle Fajnaut who does like who has a school with plant-based foods for which is a private school for and then has plant-based foods for like um kids and all that stuff, you know? And um I think like in some ways like um and then also we had like um Hunter Boudreaux who's on the spectrum who does like a YouTube channel called The Autista Chef. And we had them on. And then we talked about food as well as in the podcast we also had a part to where we talked about video games and food and i was telling only offhand or even during the podcast that you know we should probably do more of that to really have like video gamers on to really talk about food and have that whole mixture because you know Only's a gamer so yeah
1: yeah that would be cool yeah um, okay so what i think we'll do is i, w- I want to explore a little bit more of the, the food side but we'll just take a very quick pause and we will be back in a couple of minutes and um, to carry on
3: do you follow Chewy Gem on Instagram? We have recently released a new mystery bag full of amazing Chewy Gem products, and we're giving you the chance to win one on our Instagram. Not only that, but we've recently reached our 5,000 follower milestone, and another amazing giveaway will be announced soon. To find us, just search Chewy Gem on Instagram. Now back to the podcast. <music>
1: Okay, welcome back everyone. So we were exploring a little bit about the Autistic Delicatessen podcast before and, and how um, both Oni and Lionel are really kind of interested, passionate about food and love, love all the stories that those things can um, create, um, which you've enjoyed hearing about, as well as having a focus on something that isn't about being on the spectrum, but is, is just an interest that you both share. Um, which is really interesting. But I I know that a lot of people on the spectrum do often struggle with food sometimes in terms of texture or taste and can have quite a restrictive diet. Is is that something that you two experience yourselves? Are you fussy eaters or do you eat anything or
2: um well really for me like um I remember um being diagnosed with autism at, at a young age as a child and all that stuff, you know, my parents put me on more of like you know, a special what they call a special diet, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of like, I couldn't have certain red dyes, I couldn't have an orange, I couldn't have sugar and all that type of stuff. So it was more about like, to stop the chemical imbalance, or basically the behavioral imbalance, you know, in terms of my behavior.
1: Yeah. Okay. And what about you, you, are you quite wide ranging in your tastes?
0: Um, I think I'm more wide range now. When when I was a kid, I think I was definitely more selective and liked to eat a lot of pastas and bread and sandwiches, like same foods and such. Mm-hmm. Um however, there is some foods that I genuinely have sensory issues with, mushy foods like potato. Uh, I am I am one of those people that does not like potato or chips. I physically cannot swallow it. It makes me want to just spit it back out and feel sick. And also a similar thing is like tomatoes and sandwiches. It's Anything that makes it mushy and watery just makes me want to gag and it's not pleasant and I have to drink something down. But besides that, I do eat a lot of same foods now, like pasta and that, but I try and be healthy and make smoothies or uh, porridges or add veggies. Or I get food made for me that's uh, healthy because I'm not much of a cook myself. So I would say a lot, I'm a lot better now and I am a foodie now as well. So that helps.
2: <laughs> and, and and also, and also, I'm um, just to add under me, me myself too, because I eat like different types of foods, you know, like I mix it up even with the vegan stuff, even though I'm not a vegan. So I always try different things. If you see my Instagram of different foods mm-hmm. and all that stuff, you know, I basically have different things.
1: And do you think that's been? Do you think doing what you do now? Do you think that's made you more adventurous or more interested in trying new things, or was it just something that you naturally went into as you got older anyway?
2: Um, I think for me, Jenny, uh, it was more of, I, I think it was more about not trying to have the same stuff because sometimes if you have a routine in the past. You think, okay, that's the only food out there. But then once you're able to go out there and try different things, it's like, Oh, okay, I like this. Yeah. You know, I'm able to do that. And I think some of that, like being able to try out vegan foods really comes from me having more organic stuff. Like as an op- like as an option, like going to the health food stores with my parents in the past, like back when I was young, you know, as like here's some alternative options to have rather than just the sugary stuff, you know. So
1: yeah, yeah. It, it sounds
3: sense. like you have quite a lot of options over. I, I don't know if it's the whole of the USA or just particularly where you live, but it sounds like you have quite a lot of places where you can go and try these different types of foods. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That much over here, not especially where I live. Hmm. You know, you just got oh. your general supermarket.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, because I think, like, in the U.S., like, and even, like, in the South and all that stuff, you know, like, if you know much about the South, like, sometimes the South has very, like, a lot of foods, which sometimes is not always the best foods and all that stuff, you know, but I would say with some of them, don't try it every time or something like that. But it's just, you know, there's a lot of good foods. There's a lot of good, like, soul food. There's a lot of good, like, Even vegan restaurants you know where i live um because i live like in new and Lutz, which is right around tampa in florida and um it's just something where you know you can find really good vegan restaurants and honestly like the vegan stuff is much better now you know honestly in terms of how they make stuff because you can be a non-vegan and be like oh wow they this is something good that I want to try out, you know, yeah. and just,
3: I, I'm not vegan, but I do like, cause I, I'm not a meat eater. Like only I don't like the texture of meat. Mm-hmm. So I like vegan alternatives to meat. Uh,
1: yeah. like all the corn
3: and everything. I like corn don't you? And ve- Yeah. I, I much prefer those. Cause I just can't physically cope with the texture of certain meats. Mm-hmm. And, yeah.
2: is, so, so, Lorraine, is it like more of the idea of you can't have like a steak or a hamburger, those type of things?
3: I could, I could eat a hamburger if it's from like a chain, so McDonald's or Burger King, something like that. Yeah, okay. Um, but I need to know where it's from, and the texture's got to be the same. So it's mainly things like chicken, red meats. Um, I just, it's when I'm chewing it, it just doesn't feel right. Mm. Well, ah. with uh, meat alternatives like corn and vegan meat find that much easier to eat well that's uh, all
1: consistent isn't it because it's made the same way so it's very consistent in yeah. terms of how it comes out i guess
2: yeah now i don't know if the, in the uk you have this but i know in the u.s like um with the plant-based burgers there's like the impossible whopper at um burger chain currently right now so mm-hmm. i think it was made of like um and the Impossible Meat is supposed to be plant-based. And honestly, the, when you taste it, it tastes just like eating the regular Whopper and all that stuff. So that's something to look at in the UK if they have it over there. I'm sure they do, but if they don't, they should. But, you know, so um, that's something good.
3: I'm going to try that then because we don't have a Burger King. We're, we're getting one actually being built at the moment. So once that's opened, that's going to be the first thing I try. Yeah. Um,
2: <clears throat> yeah. And, and how about for you, Jenny? Like um, Is there any foods in particular that you like, you know? I, your... I, like
1: everything. I don't think there's anything i don't like i love food um, <laughs> yeah i don't think there's anything i don't like but i was going to ask you guys Is are you you know Oni said that she's not a big chef she doesn't cook for herself so much but um so do you guys like going out um to restaurants and trying different restaurants or do you experiment at home how does it kind of work in your life um
0: I do like going out and I like to I like to I, I like the bit, bit of everything when it comes to going out as long as the food's good I like the atmosphere and being around people and having a nice experience and going oh what are we getting what are we getting um yeah. it's like the time where I was me my partner were hanging around with friends in London we went to some meat place called Bodine's, and it was like full of like Meaty stuff and that, and I had like a huge hot dog. It was, it was pretty cool. It was, it wasn't the cheapest place on the planet, but it was good for what it was. And um, it's it's like the theme of the delicatessen. Like food brings people together, and even if you're just hanging around with people, as long as you enjoy food, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, and how yeah. that because obviously
1: you started your your autistic delicatessen late 2019, and then a big chunk of 2020, we've all been locked in our houses and. Life has changed a little bit. Um, have, have you missed kind of being able to go out and do stuff like that?
0: Um, yeah, I have um, um, on and off. Um, thankfully, um, my partner makes amazing food most of the time, so <laughs> it's not so yeah. bad. You've so <laughs> cooked. That's
1: good. And um, Joel, what about in? Because Joel's in Gibraltar. I just wondered if there any particular Gibraltarian dishes. I have no idea about
4: food. Uh. Not much there is, but it's not anything I'd really recommend. Oh,
1: really? Oh. Is it close like <laughs> to, to Spanish or not? Is it? It's a mix of
4: Spanish, Jewish, and Moroccan food mostly. I
0: don't know why.
2: Whatever you just, just said
3: is set off one, one of the uh, Spotify's.
4: Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, when. Um, because Gibraltar was sieged by Spain, so a lot of the, like, cultural dishes tend to be stuff that's mixed from the stuff that they can find. Okay. So you've got something called Galantita, which basically, uh, like chickpeas and water and flour.
0: Oh. Mm.
4: And ah. that's pretty much one of the main dishes we have. That sounds quite bland yeah. to me. Yeah. It is very bland. I really don't like
2: it. No, no, no. Um. Now. But we
4: have a lot of. Sorry. Carry on.
2: Okay, I, w- I was about to say, um, there's another dish. Like I remember, um, sometimes like people in the U.S. like what I hear like with the Scottish dish is like, um, there's a thing called haggis. I don't know if any of you have ever tried haggis. I love or... haggis.
0: I've still not tried oh, it yet, I'm a terrible yeah. Scots person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound appealing to me. you just not got to think about oh. what it is. Oh, um, wow. there,
0: there, there is one Scottish food I have tried though, it's a Colin Skink. It's a haddock yeah. I think, the soup, haddock soup yeah. I think it is it, it's really nice.
1: That is lovely, yeah, love that. Um. Yeah, we, we quite often if, if um with friends and stuff they tell me about when they were young that they, they used to get a tongue and potted hock. You heard of potted hock? No, I don't think I have. Another potted hock.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's another Scottish dish, and it's utterly vile. Um, it's made from <laughs> it's beef shins, and it's put in like it's it's like in a in a.
0: What, what, what a hoof it's like in a kind of they stick it in a it oh it's doesn't disgusting sound, look
2: it up well in in the south in america there's something called like um chitlins and all that stuff you know i think it's like um ham hocks and something else and all that stuff you know mm-hmm. and i've just heard if you go to the bathroom basically you'll make a terrible smell so it's <laughs> like so in. Probably wouldn't recommend chitlins though, but you know I never had that so.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, there's some mm. there's some type of wrong foods out there. Potted is definitely one of them. Without...
2: Wow.
4: Yeah, we have a lot of Moroccan food here.
1: Yeah, In the Yeah. Yes, I love Moroccan food. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Has there been any American foods that you've tried?
1: Well, when you say American food, all I think of is burgers and chips. That's really bad, isn't it? <clears throat>
2: <laughs> burgers and chips. Well, um, for for anybody listening to the US, that means fries. So okay. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, what what other dishes would be classically American? I guess.
2: Ah, uh, okay, um. Yeah, yeah, because I think America is, like, a whole mixture of stuff, you know, because also, like, there's, like, um, like pasta that's Italian. Mm-hmm. And then, like, um, you know, because cause we take from different cultures, too, as well, and all that stuff, you know. Um, Has there been any interest from you trying out some black f- cultural foods or something like that, or Ethiopian, or anything like...
4: I love Ethiopian food.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I had some, actually. I remember... They had like, you know, they, I remember I was at like a vegan soul um, festival like that was like in Florida. That was in, in Miramar and all that stuff, you know, and it was put together by um, Star X Smith, one of our guests, like the Hungry Black Man. Definitely check out his um blog because because what he does is like he goes out to different like black owned restaurants and all stuff. He has a good review page right there. So HungryBlackMan.com yeah that's that's a good page but um any like throughout the u.s though because there's a lot of different ones but anyway like um i tried out some ethiopian vegan food and all that stuff you like little samples that they would have from the different black owned places and all that stuff so i thought they have some good stuff you know and they have this wrap to where it's like it's very spongy they have a very spongy wrap that i had or at another place though so yeah, like, it, it's kind of interesting. I like to have more Ethiopian food, though. So
3: yeah, I'm in a Weight Watchers group, because I'm doing Weight Watchers at the moment. So we've, it's like a, a mix of British and Americans. And what I will say is that the American stuff looks so much better than what we get. Yeah, you like, mean? you can get uh, so many low-fat foods. And, yeah, there's just all, all the things that you can eat in America on Weight Watchers just look so much better. So much more appealing. Uh, yeah even desserts? so many sugar-free low-fat desserts mm. Uh, mm. the other thing i noticed is that people eat biscuits and gravy
2: oh yeah, yeah that's a like southern pear, thing yeah gravy
3: <laughs> is something that you put on like your, yeah your meat <laughs> and your potatoes so i was always a bit confused with biscuits and gravy because is it breakfast
2: it would be like a breathless type of thing, like what I heard about biscuits and gravy. I don't think I've, I've had biscuits, but I don't think I've ever, ever mixed it with gravy. Now, what I have had is like um country fried steak and then mixed it with gravy and all that stuff at certain places, you know, because I think like when I was visiting for a family reunion in Georgia and Brunswick, you know, there was this place called the Sunset Grill, which they had like, I think, country fried steak and some gravy. And I also, I had some too... At i at the IHOP restaurants too, so you know they would have stuff like that.
1: So do you, do you mean like actual sweet biscuits, like a, a rich tea biscuit, or a, and some gravy? Well,
2: well, like it, it would be like kind of like a regular. It would be like kind of like a regular biscuit, you know, and all that stuff. So, um certain
4: uh, one sec. Biscuit for them is not what we call biscuit. Okay, that's... they're yeah, talking about think... cookies.
2: Oh, cookies. It's okay, the
4: American people.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, they're talking about cookies. Oh, I, I kind of got mixed up in that. I thought you were talking about actual America, biscuits. Okay, all right. No,
4: so for us, we call cookies biscuits. Uh, okay.
2: That's another thing I should learn now. It's like, okay, all right, that, yeah, that's I'm what just it is. Googling okay.
3: Biscuits and yeah. gravy, and it doesn't look anything like what we would call biscuits and gravy. Indeed. Right.
4: Um. It looks a bit like
1: a scone sto- sort of thing, I think. Okay. I'm, I'm no, thinking it... Lionel, so that you know, like a, a chocolate chip cookie, but without the chocolate chips with gravy.
2: Oh, okay. Then if you're talking about, like, are you talking about, like, co- like are you talking about cookies <laughs> and gravy then, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what because Because if US that's the case, like... <laughs> Only have you heard about this <laughs> cookies and gravy or something <laughs> like? Well, uh, is weird
1: because we're like cookies and gravy That's, well,
0: that's
2: just wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that's yeah, so wrong on so many levels. <laughs> I can't imagine like dipping in some, hmm, which I have today. Oh, let me just dip some cookies into the gravy. Yeah, it's like no. Nah. <laughs> to you then. What? What, what, hmm? what was that?
1: What does a biscuit mean in America? What's a biscuit? Because a biscuit here is a cookie. Yeah.
2: Well, um, a biscuit would be more of like something that you would put butter on, you know, something that you would have with yeah, your prefix, in- like whether you yeah. have like oatmeal or grits or something like that, you know, it's just it like a bread, yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah, it's like a bread, yes, yeah, a bread,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So that's mm-hmm. some people the bread in gravy, so that makes more sense yeah. to me
2: yeah 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 because when you said that i thought you were talking about the bread biscuit i didn't even talking about cookies it's like what the <laughs> so.
3: thing with the cultural differences isn't it because when i'm in this group and i see people in america eating biscuits and gravy i assume they're eating cookies and gravy
0: i'm <laughs> <not. laughs> in mean, I mean, the same i'm like what what <laughs> i didn't realize biscuits has a whole different definition in america
2: yeah, because cause really, Lorraine, I thought you were talking about the southern dish because I thought, oh, you're talking about the southern because even in America, there's different types, you know, because you have like, you know, in more of the eastern area, like in New England, you have like people having clam chowder or else like calamari in Maine or something. And then in the south, you have more of like people with the biscuits and gravy or else like, you know, the or else like people with the grits and all that stuff. You know, if you're not familiar with grits, it's like a southern dish or something. So have you ever eaten any, you know, I've any nev- grits? I've
3: never heard of them.
4: No, I've heard of grits. I've never eaten
2: them though. Oh yeah, good. grits are good. You know, even with butter and grits and all that stuff. You can melt the butter and then put it into the grits. It's like you know, tastes good. I'm so.
3: googling them to look at them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <talking about. laughs>
2: yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm teaching you all stuff today.
3: American food. I think of things that I see on the TV. So it's like hamburgers, yeah. mm-hmm. tacos, pizzas,
1: giant yeah. pretzels
2: yeah actually actually tacos tacos is like actually i think a mexican type of thing yeah that's what it is a mexican dish yeah
1: but yeah yeah i don't really yeah i'm the same as you Lorraine. that's what i would think of as american food but i guess you're right there's such a mix of cultures and how the south and different areas have mixed that up and i think i think it is the
3: southern dish that i'm talking about it's just that i've interpreted it as my sort of biscuits and gravy
1: yeah, yeah, as you would, you
2: would, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> interesting. Yeah, cause, really, like, um, has there been? Cause, cause, sometimes it's just, um, it's it's very interesting for people that have not been in the South that would hear like certain Southern dishes and think that, well, what's that? Or you know, or not really understand as much as I'm sure like people that are Americans would hear some, um, Scottish dishes and be like what's that i didn't know there was a thing i didn't know like the whole spotted hawk was it the the whole hawk hawk wasn't awesome it's almost like as much as like um this um uk dish known as a spotted dick or something (laughs) so
1: right yeah i know yeah, it's, I remember um, my my husband used to live with a guy in Glasgow, and they shared a flat with a Canadian girl who we're still very friends with, and she's back in Canada now. But they were baffled one night after coming back from the pub, because she came up from the corner shop. Um, no, she didn't. She said, I'm going to go down to the shop and get chips. And they were like, what? Because they lived above a, a shop. I'm, like, I'm going to go get chips. Mm-hmm. The the shop doesn't sell chips. Yeah, it does. It sells chips. And on it went, and they were baffled by this, and they were dead excited that potentially the shop they lived above sold apple chips, and she came back with crisps, because, of course, the whole nuances of the language, chips and crisps, Um, it's funny how it can easily be, you know, you, you, you hear what the word and what it means to you, and you just automatically connect that that's what it is.
2: Yeah, yeah, because really, like, I think the first time, like, with the British dish, like, I remember fish and dips, fish and chips, like, I went to a Dave and Buster's, it's like a gaming place in the U.S., mm-hmm. and they would have, like, they also had food there, and they had this dish called fish and chips, and at first I was thinking, oh, it's going to be probably some fish as well as some chips, like some potato chips, you know, because here in the U.S., we have actual potato chips, like regular, mm-hmm. like crisp, like you call it crisp over yeah. there, we call it chips over here, so... But then when it came back, it was, like, basically, it was fish and fries. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, too, and awesome. It's, like, fries, like, where's the chips at? You know, I was expecting, like, some, like, Lay's or some other stuff, you know? But, you know, now, the fries were crinkle, and it was actually good, though, but it was just kind of, like, it kind of, like, got me to thinking, oh, that's what the British means by chips. They mean, like, the fries, you know? So, yeah. yeah, because... Because if, if you don't really think about it, you'll easily miss it, you know. Because even Jenny, when you said or Lorraine earlier about burgers and fry and burgers and chips, you know, you would think burgers yeah. and potato chips, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's interesting. It really is.
2: Yeah,
4: but, but even in the UK, we have like I consider chips the thick ones, and then fries like the thin yeah.
2: ones. Yep. Hmm.
4: So like it's really weird because that's another
1: difference yeah totally fries are like skinny fries and yeah. Chips. yeah like when you yeah. go to Fat a restaurant chips, you yeah.
3: can have fries or chunky chips can't you? you get the choice of the two yeah
2: yeah 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 okay yeah. because I'm, I'm just trying to think like you know has there been ever a time like in scotland or in the uk to where you ever thought of things as fries or has it been always like chips basically
1: I think it I think it has changed in the last like I don't know ten, fifteen years or something that as a child I would just remember. Yeah, if chips, I go to McDonald's, I... I always call them fries.
0: Yeah. yeah if Do I'm you... ordering at the
3: drive thru, I'll always order chicken nuggets and large fries.
1: Yeah, that's true actually, yeah. Lorraine. Mm. French name. fries chips and McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah it's funny because when, when you mentioned as well um, African foods and Ethiopia I, I 20 odd years ago traveled around parts of Africa and stayed in a place in Zimbabwe and for quite a long time getting local food and one of the things that they loved and ate a lot of um, was sweet potato and at the time 20 odd years ago sweet potatoes were nothing that we had over here mm. and And now it's it's everyone loves a bit of sweet potato, whereas that was for them a cheap, easy food to cook that just the need to survive and eat. Um, Whereas now over here, if you go to a restaurant and you choose sweet potato fries, um, then it's it's a bit fancy, isn't
2: it? yeah. And actually here in the US we have some restaurants to where you can get some actual sweet potato fries actually. So and or you can go to the store and actually cook some sweet potato fries.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's become a, more of a thing, hasn't
2: it? Yes. Yeah, 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 it has. Now I don't know how many restaurants in Scotland or in the UK in particular that you have, but I know in the US like there's some places that would sell that, you know, and I've been to some places where I have gotten some sweet potato fries, even some of the vegan places.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's part part of a normal menu yeah, now, really, it's, it's isn't it? It's Become you know? quite
3: mainstream, hasn't it?
1: Oh mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah, like I know I know in particular in the US though, you know. So yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Fab. Well, do you know what? I could actually sit and talk to you about food all day. It's 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 surprising how interesting <laughs> it is. Just the variety and the different cultures, and 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 what it does for people in terms of bringing people together and trying new things and experiences. It's fascinating. Um, Hmm. but unfortunately we don't have all day so is there there anything anyone else wants to ask or say before we finish up
4: I just want to say that that other podcast you've got the T one what's it called?
0: Oh um, my T blog, it's uh, not got a podcast but it's called Land of Infusion Uh, the website is landofinfusion.wordpress.com That is the best
4: name for a blog I've ever heard Oh
0: thank you
1: Brilliant. Okay.
3: Anyone else? I just want to say that when Larnell talks about American food, it really makes me want to go
1: to America. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. It makes me hungry as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Totally. In fact, that would be a downside of doing the podcast that you guys do. You must come off hungry.
0: There have been times where I'm like, I'm hungry now, man. Or I've seen pictures of certain bloggers and that when we're doing our research for guests. I'm just like... Oh, you make me hungry. <laughs> but it's also a good oh, thing man. it's just it's great to see so much delicious food. Have you ever made the food yeah. that
3: you've talked yeah. about on the podcast? Have you gone and actually tried to do it yourself?
0: I've not, no.
2: I <laughs> uh, mean me neither, you know, cuz cause, cuz cause the one that the thing about the autistic dog and that we stand out from other podcasts and other shows is that We don't try to like cook any recipes or anything like that because I'm not a cook. So it's like I'm more of a appreciator of I'm more of a appreciator of
0: all I make is macaroni (laughs) and and cheese. So (laughs) (laughs)
2: um initially it does sound like like you know, there there's macaroni and cheese here, you know, as well as I had some very good vegan macaroni and cheese, though, you know. Again, not vegan, but you know, there's some good stuff there, but mostly when I was a kid, you know, growing up, that's what I would hear, you know, mm. about macaroni yeah. and cheese a lot, so.
3: Yeah, sure that's from that's yeah. an, an American, th- I mean, it was always on the TV when I was growing up, that would always eat mac and cheese.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I would see it on commercials in America, it's just, yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. Like from Kraft, yeah. basically, yeah.
1: it's probably one of my most dangerous but favorite dishes, can't beat macaroni and cheese.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: mm. It's good, right? Well, that's been really interesting. Thank you both for joining us. And if anyone wants to go and listen to your podcast, I presume they just have to Google "autistic delicatessen." Good God, I can't speak "delicatessen," and you'll find it on all the usual podcast podcast channels.
2: Um, yeah, like um, but, well, basically, what they can do is like they can go on to they can do that as well as like um they can go to the AutisticDelicatessen.card, dot card, which is C A R R d.co and you know listen to our podcast listen to the autistic delicatessen listen to you know like watch our youtube videos you know check out autish you know oni's podcast as well as my past podcast which is called get inoculated and uh um yeah and also they can listen to it on google podcast like our, our show is also on google You they can check it out our, our podcast show
1: great brilliant well, thank you both very much for taking the time to chat to us. That's been really interesting.
0: No worries. It's oh. great being here. Thank you very much. Thank
2: you. Yeah, thank you for inviting us.
0: You're welcome. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 Do you know what?